Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, coolies. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we're going to talk about our hopes and fears for the upcoming season and then talk the latest FCB player signings. We'll get into these topics after this short break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So I messaged Craig and I said, Craig, you know, I kind of miss our chats. Let's let's jump on the mic and... and <laughs> And get a little uh, just the microphone off because we've been taking the summer off. It's been really great. Uh, first of all, Craig, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. I, I have a couple things for you before we get into our topics. First thing, I finally became a Barca member. Incredible. Uh, yes, uh, it was a long time in the making. I've been pushing it off for a long time. Since the pandemic, they made it so much easier that you can do everything online. I remember I was messaging when I was doing the process. Mm. So I finally got that paperwork all straight away. So I'm officially a member and I'm really looking forward to it because one of the things when I started this podcast, I really wanted to do is go to Champions League away matches. And so hopefully that can be a reality this year, especially with my teleworking availability that helps as well. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to having that potential to go check out a Champions League away match. So uh, I was really excited to do that. And it's funny because it wasn't so much that I didn't want to do it. It's just obviously, you know, with life and different things, it's it's I kind of put it in the same way as visiting Portugal. I visited all mm -hmm. of Europe and then I finally visited Portugal, kind of the same thing. So so I finally became a member. Incredible. I'm genuinely very pleased for you. I think. Saucy membership is really, really divisive, isn't it? Like I've got friends of mine who are, they've been coolers since some of them since before I was born. Um, hmm. And yet will never become a member because they don't see value for money and they, they, they don't see it as a, um, 
you know, they don't see it as putting some money on the collection plate. They don't sure. see it as a, a religious tithe. Um, they see it as a really poor commercial offering. Whereas for some people who might never get to Camp Nou, they're certainly not getting to Leverkusen away. It's it's their attachment to the club, right? So I think it's a really interesting concept for lots of people. Um, but there's something pretty special about having that card, right? And feeling part of it. And yeah, I think the Champions League away some of the best nights of my life, man. So I think, you know, anything you can do to make them easier, if you've got the, if you've got the money, get involved, I say. So yeah, yeah. I'm pleased for you, mate. Really pleased. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my bucket list things, you know, uh, I think champions league finals on that list too, you know, but uh, as far as my sports CV, I've been very lucky uh, to go to many, many different types of sporting events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are the kind of last things on my, on my football uh, CV list. So I'm looking forward to it. first. Second thing, uh, I'm not turning off the air air con because we're having a heat wave here in Madrid. And I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I'll just turn. I was like, no, no. My comfort right now is above uh, recording quality just for tonight. So if you hear the background, I apologize kind of, but I got to stay cool. It's it's still about 37 degrees Celsius here in Madrid. So the next item uh, before we get into our topics, you know, we we talk a lot about all the different sports that we follow and love. And I, and I think that's really cool because we have a connection like that. We have a virtual connection of sports mm-hmm. love, you know, and we witnessed some amazing sports this weekend with Carlos Alcaraz winning the Wimbledon title against Djokovic. And the only reason I bring this up is, you know, I love watching individual sports like tennis. I used to play tennis. So I really appreciate that kind of one-on-one battle, but man, there is something when you see, special players it just it just jumps out man and carlos is one of those players where the talent meets the work ethic and he's only 20 years old uh craig and i know we were texting during the match Mm. that was something special on sunday it was incredible and the the biggest thing that i took from it that i liked and i'm a recent convert to tennis so i'm not going to try and pick apart his game and his talent you know I, i i have very little knowledge on it um i just uh, yeah i'm a recent convert to playing it and watching it the biggest thing that i like about that is that you've got someone there who the easiest thing in the world for him after that first set would have been to say do you know what i messaged you this exact message yes it's a learning experience you learn so much from it you'll be back we all know you'll be back learn the lessons don't worry about it he had the easiest of easy passes and yet he dug in he ground it out and he won in not only won he won in his way against a legend and i think without bringing it immediately back to, to Barca. I think we saw little strands of that last year where there's times where we ground out a result where you go, meh, taking a nil-nil from here, it's not it's not terrible. And then we'd find a way of winning 1-0. And yeah, it was ugly, but we took the three points. And I think that to me is the difference between a true great in their field, sport or otherwise, um, and just an average decent person is when you can take something that is very easy to fail at everyone would allow you to fail and to still succeed i think it's incredible and i think you know there's lots of examples that we've seen with that um but i think the 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 performance because it was one-to-one because it was that stage that player on that surface incredible as you say greatness absolute yeah yeah. and that's the thing is it transcends right sport in that way where you know he's becoming a world star you know and I just, you know, I, I see a lot of similarities with Messi. You know, the, obviously the natural talent, um, the work ethic that he has. Obviously, Carlos Alcaraz, you know, 
when I look at his forehand, it's just, oh my God, it's, it's just, it's incredible what that, what that kid can do. And on top of that, you know, to win at 20 already two grand slams is mm. so impressive and his trajectory is looking up. And again, I was talking to, with my friend about this is like, you know, you could put Messi in this conversation, you know, mm-hmm. young phenomenons when you are a professional at such a young age, you have the whole world at your hand and also all the potential, right? You're just like, yeah. I was listening to a podcast and they were saying, could he win 12 grand slams? I was like, he's, no, he's not going to win 12 grand slams, but man, he is putting himself already out there as a, an elite top player already. Almost like when Messi came and played his first Classico, you know, that type of thing where he did the three goals to bring Barcelona back. I mean, from that point on, it never looked back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just incredible. And I think, I think we're seeing a real shift in sport at the minute, aren't we? And we see it. If you look at this season with, with Barca, if you look at it with Madrid as well, in fairness, I think age is less and less and less important in sport. I think it's about attitude and it's drive and it's determination. And I think that that's the one thing that you can't really teach. You know, you can't teach the mental resilience to be humiliated really in that first set and come back. You can't teach the mental resilience to keep getting injured the way Messi did and come back. And he's not yeah. alone. You can't teach the mental resilience to be cast, you know, to be cast into the limelight and then cast aside like Odegaard was to then go and captain Arsenal to one of their best seasons. Like you, everyone's got a slightly different scale of relativity in terms of what that success barrier is. But I think what we're seeing now is that people are getting there because of their desire, their hunger, their resilience, their their willingness to put themselves out there. And it's less and less about time served. And I think that's that's pleasing for me to see because I think we should be differentiating people on more than just they've been at the club for X or they've been in the game for X. Let's get them in. The, the managerial roundabout because someone's had 10 jobs. Therefore, let's get them in. In England, the people, are they were Alan Pardew, Alan Kirbishley, Sam Allardyce, the, Neil Warnock. These names that would just go round and round yeah. and round. And you think, why? Whereas now I think what you're seeing is an entire generation of men and women in sport who are getting there because they've got the determination to succeed or at least the willingness to try and to, you know, to not be put off by failing. Incredible. Just absolutely incredible. I think, you know, long may it continue because that's the role models I want to see is people that are willing to put themselves in difficult situations and try and get out of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, I would also put Curry, Steph Curry in that situation with his ankle mm-hmm. issues and he finally got those resolved and then you see the trajectory that he was able to go on. And so I don't know if you saw his golf game over the weekend. I mean, that that was pretty incredible as well. I mean, that guy, yeah. uh, his, <laughs> his uh, did you see, did you see the rest of the group when he obviously sprinted yeah, down to the green, yeah. celebrating the rest of the group after about 50 yards, went, yeah, this running game's not for me. I'm going to give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll walk from here. You have your moment, I, Steph. We'll walk. R- really quick before we get into our hopes and fears for the season. I mean, again, another thing that I just, this weekend was just crazy with just random sports on TikTok mm. that I was being consumed by and one the, the thing too with Steph Curry you know I love Steph Curry he plays for my hometown team mm. and you know he is uh ready to tee off and they give him a basketball and he shoots from you know 30 40 feet and swishes it you know and it's just like how what <laughs> I'm just always amazed that you can do that all right let's I'm, get into this I'm always uh, amazed by how much you love TikTok by the way you've got obviously all <laughs> for TikTok right it's amazing. I'm telling you, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, I work in social media. That's not the only reason, but it uh, does uh, It does feed, you know, especially like, for example, over the weekend when Alcaraz won, it just gave me all the Wimbledon uh, footage of that. So I just consumed yeah, that. Yeah. And it's more, and it's, it happens much, I would say the quickest out of all the social media now and the way it just 
gets presented to you is just so easy to consume. So, uh, all right, let's get into this. So I, you know, we were texting obviously when we were, you know, deciding to do this and I, I told you, wow, I, you know, this off scene has been really quiet. (laughs) And Mm I, we were, we were all assuming that was going to be, you know, the same old, same old Barca, you know, every player linked to Barcelona, this person's going to be sold. And, and it's been pretty quiet. We have had some Mm -hmm. signings here like Inigo Martinez and Gundogan. And I'm, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you because obviously the uh, Barcelona is heading off to the U.S. for their preseason tour, I think tomorrow. Um, and so I just wanted to get on Mike and just kind of pick one hope and one fear that you have for the season. Let's start obviously positive. What is the one hope you have for this upcoming season? It, it's very similar to, to last year, in all honesty, because I still think we're on a journey. Um, and you see, you see the front covers of the papers and it's like, you know, we're going to win a Champions League and I just laugh at it. But, you know, we're on a journey still. We've got work to do. So my hope is just that we're competitive. I said, we have this, we have this debate a lot, me and you, we've had it for years and I love them when we have them, but I don't, I don't need, I don't need success anywhere near as much as I need to be competitive and enjoy watching Barca. So I, I hope we have another season where we're competitive. Um, that's a very, very, very vague metric. I understand that, but I just want us to be competitive and enjoyable. So that's my, that's my hope. Do you want my fear as well? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm going to piggyback okay. on your hope and just kind of add on to that in, in that. Yeah. I mean, I think that to me is one of the biggest things going forward that this young nucleus needs to take the reins yeah. on because, you know, competitive, sure. It means not showing up on a midweek match in Almeria, for example, and getting shelled, right. When you don't mm-hmm. want to play mm-hmm. uh, it's competitive is also in the group play of champions league and not mm-hmm. having the waveform that we've seen in the last five years. So, I definitely think that is very important for this young nucleus. I think also with Xavi having more of a concept of what his strongest 11 is going forward now, I think last season he was tinkering at the beginning of the season. I think with the defense, he feels really solid about that. I think he's obviously going to tinker with the midfield. And again, I think being competitive is the starting point for the season for sure. You know, um, you know, we always have this debate about Champions League and so forth, but I think it always starts with La Liga. And I think... If we start off on the right mm-hmm. foot, I think Madrid, with all their signings and their new players, they're going to need some time to figure it out. And I think if we can start strong, that could give us a lead that could be un, you know, insurmountable in the long run of the season. Yeah, 100%. I mean, but also the reverse can happen. Like, sure. And that's, that's not me being a pessimist. There is a very good chance that we go out in the last 16 of the Champions League and we don't win La Liga and we don't win the Copa del Rey and we've still had a good season. Because Madrid are building a very good team. Like, they're buying good young players. We, in theory, are going after um, players that are going to make us better as well. Some of them are young, some of them aren't. So there is a chance that we don't win La Liga and we face an improved City in the round of 16 and we get knocked out. Like, these things are entirely plausible. But I'm with you. Like, it's, it, it's can we go and make a good fist of it? Can we go and be a better team than we were last year? And and it's nowhere near as, as close as my competitive and enjoyable hope but i hope that we i hope that we see more of chavi's touch on this team i think a lot of us were were willing to give chavi a bit of a pass last season um i certainly was i certainly was i certainly was very much in 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 the mindset of the club has no choice but to win therefore yes are we playing the football chavi would want i hope not but it is what it is i think this i think this season especially with the signings that we're making that aren't breaking the bank i think 
you know, we need to see we need to see a bit more of what Xavi wants to do because I think we had a lot of change last year. Very, very solid to the point where it would be surprising if that was out and out his theory. So I'd like to see a bit more expression from the team this year. I don't think we need to go again. There was a debate in the WhatsApp group about, you know, are we losing our Cruyff Easter style and stuff? And I think you could you could debate that until the cows come home with no answer. I don't even know where I start or stop on that, if I'm honest, because it's such a such an it's such an how can I word it? It's it's in the ether. Cruyffism is yeah. in the ether now. It's like, what does it mean anymore? <clears throat> but what I would like to see is be a little bit more expressive, certainly in the early parts. Um but I think it's a fascinating season for both of the big two in Spain because they've both made some pretty fundamental moves in terms of the players that have gone out and come in. Madrid bringing in Bellingham, Benzema going, us finally seeing the you know the back end of of those sacred cows as you would refer yeah, to them as, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and you know you could argue to this point we haven't signed a superstar. In the Bellingham mold, who is the next 10 years? We haven't signed the face of the franchise. We've signed someone that will help us improve now and make those young players better. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a fascinating season for the big two and success right now can't be, can't be a given for either. But it's also set up to be a really, really, really fascinating league. And, and, and I hope, I just hope it's enjoyable. I hope we're sat here in April or May going, I don't really want this to end. Whereas I think for some of us towards the back end of last season, even though we won, we were like, I'm glad there's only yeah. six games left. This is getting yeah. dull. <laughs> I'm going to piggyback with my fear on that because my fear is that Xavi's touch doesn't work. And that is my biggest fear. Uh, you know, we have all this faith in him of last season with La Liga, which is great. But mm-hmm. I really need to see some coaching and some improvement with the players we have, especially since we can't get these superstar players. That's where the coaching and development comes where is Chavi going to make those improvements? I really hope he does. I hope another yep. year uh, under his belt in La Liga, understanding the dynamics and the pressure further of what it takes to coach this team. But again, you know, when we talk about just the basic things that I thought Chavi was going to implement with this team, I thought, you know, with the midfield especially, you know, I thought he was going to maybe instill a bit more dynamism and, and more movement of like, trying to go and looking all the time with the players, with mm-hmm. their vision and so forth, and just kind of instill, like, when I was a player, I'd always have my head in swivel. When I was a player, I had my head in swivel because we don't really see that with our midfield that much as we did with, you know, Busquets, Iniesta, and Xavi. And I know that's one of the things that made him so elite. Mm. So, again, my fear is that we're stagnant this year. Maybe we're competitive, but we don't see that improvement and we are still lacking goals as we were at the, you know, especially the last 15 matches of the season, like last season. Yeah, I think it's a fair, I think it's a very fair comment. I mean, the things that, the things that I think Xavi can unequivocally say he's proven is that he can galvanize a team. He can create team spirit where there wasn't one. He can create a team of winners that probably shouldn't be winning and that he's willing to make difficult decisions. There's lots of things that Xavi done last season that were unpopular but successful. And it would have been very, very easy for him to crumble. The things that Xavi hasn't shown us is, is, is to your point, he can replicate the style that he had as a player. Not, he's, you know, he's not unique in that. You know, not yeah. all managers are able to do that. But you know, to, to our, it's not the right now. It's not the football that we thought we were signing up for, and it certainly wasn't the football of those first five, six games when he took over from Kuman, threw loads of kids in, played that attacking, we scored a load of goals, conceded some. So I think you know he's proven he can win. 
He's proven he can foster team spirit. He's proven he can, he can galvanize a team. He's proven that he can get performances out of lots of players. What he hasn't proven is that he can go and be the the swashbuckling manager that we thought we were getting. I guess the question that he would rightly have the ability to ask is, of the club, I mean, not of us as fans, is what if I if I can't promise you I can get you success doing that short term, what do you want me to do? You know, do we have the luxury now? Have we shown up the books enough that we've got the luxury to be a bit more conservative because we need to win? Or do we not? And that's a question that goes right to the heart of, uh, of the club, right to the top of the club. And that brings me to one of my fears, which wasn't a deliberate segue, but I'll, I'll take it. So I've got two fears, which I know wasn't the question, but I've got two <laughs> fears. I've got one footballing uh, fear and I've got one kind of business fear. Okay. My business fear to that point is I really fear that we will see an absolute crisis in the club commercially, economically, financially, politically, whatever word you want to use to describe it. I do not think that we are anywhere near being out of the woods yet in terms of our problems. The stadium timing scares the bejesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. It scares the bejesus out of me in terms of the money that that's going to cost. And if we start seeing timelines slipping, contractors not getting paid, builders stopping work, this player hasn't had his bonus. That's not going to happen. I, I, I can just see this sure. big maelstrom of issues at the club. Laporta will say stupid things as he does. He'll promise things that can't be delivered. Some of it he'll just happen to turn into gold because that's what he does. Some of it will be a flaming pile of dog poo because that's what he does. And I don't know where it all ends. So I've got a commercial fear that at some point we see some major drama in our club. Uh, my second fear it's kind of linked just because of the stadium stuff. My big fear is that we, we're we going to go to a a, a a literal generic stadium with no culture and soul because that's exactly, exactly why it exists. Yeah. It exists to be generic and municipal is that we go to a stadium with no soul character or history where we feel no collection of belonging with a team that really needs to feel part of something that's bigger sure. than the collection of themselves and that it becomes a really forgettable really dull, turgid, boring season that in 10 years' time gets thrown up in Barca-themed quizzes when someone says, how many games did Barca win during this season and where were they playing? Everyone goes, oh, God, remember that. Remember <laughs> that, yeah. Like, you know, when Spurs went to Wembley, sure. when Celtic played at Hamden, there's loads of these through history where clubs have had to move and it's just been rubbish. Correct. Because, it's the, yeah, like you said, you don't have the home field. It's Every game's an away game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're the visiting team every time, you know? That's yeah. that's the thing. I, I'll piggyback on your, on your fear with the commercial and the business side of it. I mean, I have that fear too, but from what we've seen so far in this summer, I have faith that it's turning the tide in the way that they're spending for the players, right? If, if we would have been lavishly spending and cutting players, and I would say, we haven't learned anything. But I think with keeping Alamani on board, I think that has definitely helped steer the ship of the type of players that we're going after uh, on free uh, on the older yeah. part now to help shore up to kind of band-aid us through this transition. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, this thing is a big issue. So it's, it's you know, I'm going to try to get out there because I think it'll be kind of interesting to go check it out, uh, check out a yeah. match there. But again, you know, we were sharing pictures in our WhatsApp group and it has a track around it. So you are even further away from the action, 
you know, hundred percent. You know, it's it's a definitely going to be obviously a smaller stadium. Uh, I'm not sure if maybe in a good way, there's not going to be as many tourists who are not as involved with the club to go to these matches because it doesn't have the same cash as going to the Camp Nou, for example, you know? And mm-hmm. as we've talked about many times, going to the Camp Nou at times is the quietest match you've ever been to in your life. You know? <laughs> um, it's a, depending where you sit, right? If you sit behind 100%. the pole, you're involved, you know, with, with the chance and everything, which is fine. But if you're on to the side or up high, I mean, it's, you, you're, you're just a visitor watching the match. There's not really that much. Yeah. I've said, I've said it. I've said it before. My wife once fell asleep during a betters game. Oh no! Gen- genuinely, my <laughs> missus isn't like my my wife. Genuinely doesn't hate football. Like she she yeah, watch yeah. a game with me. You know she doesn't mind it. She grew up with a with her dad and a brother watching it. She literally fell asleep, um, which is horrendous, really. So yeah, I take the point. It, it it could it could generate a different atmosphere. Whether it's better or worse, will 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 remain to be out, seen. Yeah. I'm I'm very reluctant to have stadia that the stadiums that have got um, yeah, running tracks, but. It could it could be good. I suppose I suppose it brings slightly less pressure. We we've we've watched lots of games. We've been to games. I'm sure where within ten minutes the whistles start and the murmurs start and a misplaced pass, everyone groans, yeah. and you think well, it's going to be one of those nights. So yeah, it, it will be different. I, I guess it's really hard to predict how that's going to go. It's going to be very strange, yeah, and it's yeah, also yeah. it's a bit it's a bit just weird up the hill there, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit odd I mean, in general around just there. Wa- like watching on TV is going to be really weird as well because mm. the TV is going to be off to the side lower than it normally is on the high side on the Camp Nou. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely going to be weird. But, you know, just to, to finish up on your fear with the business side, again, I from what I have been seeing for the most part, you know, just like, you know, with the signings and everything, I think we're this is what I wanted to see uh, for this offseason because we need to have more offseasons like this to be able to compete and get those high price players because right now we still can't do that. Right. Especially with the, the stadium construction that's going on and so forth. Yeah. So it, it, my fear is where it just becomes really forgettable and boring. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, mm. Yeah. That, that is a big fear. I mean, yeah. the word, I think the worst thing, especially with this young nucleus is to have a throwaway season, you know, mm. where, where they were still kind of maybe searching for better leadership in a way yeah. with, you know, especially with all the captains leaving the season. Uh, but I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I, I think I have, if I had to, like to, to bet, I would probably bet more on the business fear than the, <laughs> than the forgettable season fear. So, yeah, I hope so. And I think, you know, to your point about signings there, and I think if you look at bringing in Inigo Martinez and, and Gundogan in terms of the, the, the level headedness, the experience, sure. I mean, they don't know the club, granted, but they just bring an immediate air of calm, don't they? Like adult. just adult. Uh, yes, what yes. a word. Yeah, a hundred percent, one hundred percent. But without without feeling like that is loaded. Like Jordi Alba, when you say adults, you were like mm, yeah, senior citizen. Yeah, he's, he's still not an adult. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know they they're just really really sensible, and I think I still, as I keep saying. I still think we need a 10 or we need a, a very different version of Ansu. Um, maybe, mm. you know, I think, you know, there's lots of talk that, that Ansu will, will get another shot at it. And, you know, again, as we've said numerous times, everyone wants him to do well. You yeah, know, there yeah. is no one that wins if he has another season like he's had last season. Um, 
the numbers aren't incredible. We'd love to see him get back to where he was. But I think we need a 10. And the, the right-back situation still confuses me, unless it's going to be a three at the back, which, again, there's lots of rumours saying it's going to be. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, I, I would say if we if we manage to ship one or two at the top of the pitch, and if we get either a 10 or a right-back, I don't think we even need both, a 10 or a right-back, um, or we see something different in the first few games. Romeo, if it happens, solid. Yeah. Inigo Martinez, solid. Gundogan, yeah. solid. And there's a few little youth shoots coming through there that are good as well. So my quick question before I go into my uh, hope is, um, do you really think, for example, you know, Sergio Dest is still on the block, like he still could be available? Do you think that, like, do you think he would be that much of a detriment to our defense with Balde, Arajo, Christensen slash Kunde? I mean, I think, I, I think, I, I think Dest is, is serviceable enough, especially if he's still on our books. I, I to me. That's where where I want Chavi to coach and develop him, you know, tell him what he needs to do. Tell him to be more solid on defense. Don't take as many chances going forward because you don't have to. And these type of things develop this player. I'm not saying he's going to be a world beater by any means. But I mean, if we can get a solid six to seven performance out of him, four out of five matches, I think that's decent enough because you have such speed up the middle that he can cover for any mistakes that he has. Whereas before, I don't think we had that luxury. So, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's a fair challenge. You know it's what I'm saying? It's just, I mean, especially in the situation we are. I mean, I would love to get a upgrade on right back. You know, I mean, I would. But you know, if we're just looking at this in a in a way that we're not having to spend extra money, we already have the player. Let's develop him. That's what you're there for. And also, mm-hmm. I feel that with how strong that other side is. It, it's yeah. going to cover up a lot what if Des makes mistakes. And I'm going to go right into my hope because this is my biggest yeah, yeah. hope for the season. The man has guns now, right? And I really hope his his game matches this now. I need Feathery to go another level. Yeah, I, he's he's taking his guns to the next level. I, I know this is a lot to ask of him because he, you know, he's he hasn't disappointed at all at any time in the season. But mm-hmm. I, especially with as we keep talking and harping on the young nucleus, I really need him to be a baller. Like I need him to want to score goals. I need him to get angry at times. I need him to just take that next level and be the superstar that I want him to be. He's still very timid as we know. I need, I need him to shake that. I need him to just be the man now, you know? And I know, you know, I, you know, I know he's really young and maybe that doesn't match his, his personality in that way. But I need him to take control of matches more often because he is such a superstar in the making. Do you know what I think is different, though? I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Um, I, as a little aside before going to my point, I did find it funny. Um, there was like, you know, the article about him putting on muscle and you had half <laughs> the room going, I don't want to hear about this. this is irrelevant. I don't care. And you had half the room going, I literally want to hear everything he's eating, every meal. What's he lifting? But no, I think it's chicken breast. It well. Yeah, it's just, just loads and loads of it, loads of broccoli. Um, what I think is really interesting this year for Pedri, though, is I, I do think there's an element of Pedri being asked to do something without a mentor. H- who was there truly in his in his area of the field to teach him what to do? Busquets, arguably, well, exactly. And I think that's what's different. I think Busquets, arguably, would have had oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Third party experience to have told yeah, yeah, yeah. him, but yeah, there was yeah. no one that could have gone. Watch what I do. Like I remember hearing a, an anecdote once about Paul Lambert. Do you remember Paul Lambert when the Champions League with 
with Dortmund, but then went back and played in Scotland. He used to turn. He used to play in reserve games and would just say to young players, "Just watch what I do." When he was going towards the back end of his career, this is a Champions League winner telling eighteen-year-old kids, "Just watch me." I don't think Pedri, because of how rapid his rise was and because sure. of where we were as a club, had the person that could take him through games and say, "Watch what I do here," or get him after training and say, "I know you did this." do that where he could have looked them in the eye and said I need to listen to you whereas I think to your point that's exactly what he's got now in Gundogan which he's got someone in that area of the pitch with that experience with the medals with the battle scars with the failures with the successes that can say mate do this who simultaneously can do it in a way that Pedri will be an equal and a peer and also someone that can can uh, can learn from him so I think for that alone I think Gundogan's an inspired signing because I think for for um for Gavi and for Pedri, I think he becomes massively important. Yeah, that's a great point because, like you said, you know, Busquets is defensive. You know, he's not looking. He's there to, or thereabouts, yeah, but he's not exactly. the same role, is he? Exactly. He's not. He's not going to teach these players about the gaps and find angles to take shots at the top of the box and this type of thing. Where Gundogan, yeah. as we saw in the LeBron of the Champions League, where he succeeded in getting hat tricks and goals from a midfield position, finding those holes and taking those shots. Right. I think yeah. that was. One of the biggest difference for Man City this season in their treble run was that they got production from Gundogan, even more production than yeah. they had before. And he, I think he just it, turned up in spots and you're like, why, yeah, yeah. why and how are you there? But you do yeah, it yeah. all the time. It can't be luck. It has to be deliberate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's and that's where, you know, Lewandowski comes into play, too, because it's going to be that interplay between Gundogan, Lewandowski. And like you mm -hmm. said, what is that formation, that last third going to be? What is are we going to play with two up front, Rafinha and mm -hmm. Lewandowski, and then have a 10 back there and get creative that way? Or are we going to continue using the flanks? And, I, and I, I'm, I'm really over the flanks because we've seen over 30 matches last season and we struggled so much to get goals off of that. I need to see something different. I think we have the talent up straight up the middle to have something different up there. And I'm not saying we have to go crazy with 442 or anything. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I want to see something a little bit different. We have players up front, Lewandowski and Rafinha, that can play well enough with each other. And I think having Gundogan and obviously Pedri, I, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Pedri just get close to double digits and go. A real breakout. I think, yeah, I mean, yeah. you've just, you've just triggered if I can, if I can give you another fear. I'm, I'm so, <laughs> so pessimistic here. But so another British. Fear. So you can, so Scottish. I know, tell, right? tell, tell me, tell, uh, yeah, I can always find rain in the, in the sunniest of days, which actually, ironically, it's pissing down here, but there we go. Um, but yeah, the other hope that, uh, sorry, the other fear that I've got is a big, big, big fear, which is just Jao Felix. Like he is not, yeah. He is not exciting me in any way, shape, or form. Like, I would no. rather, and I know that there might be people saying you're a hypocrite because I was saying last year, stick to the stick to experience. Very different when you're at the start of a season where you, where, where you can't, you know, you, you by definition can't lose because you've not gained points yet. If we, if we don't at least give like Abde a run, um, you know, if we, if we, if we don't try and harvest what we've got when we've got exciting players to bring in a player that objectively has failed, uh, that terrifies me because he won't be cheap. His wages will be high. And I just don't, I don't see it. Like, and maybe I'm wrong and there's a very good chance that I am. Statistically, I'm wrong more than I'm right. But Xiao Felix doesn't, if, if he is the answer, I don't know what questions we're asking. And that's another fear that I've got now is that because he's going into the press and saying, 
I'd love to play at Barca. Barca's my yeah, team. So Barca was always my first choice. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I used to play left wing. Put me up there. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really worry about that. I think, you know, to, to the point about sensible signings, all it takes is one Jao Felix, one ridiculous roll of the dice and the whole thing backfires and it's not him like there's players that we can take a chance on to your point Sergino Dest is back up at right back yeah like I've, I don't hate it I don't love it I don't hate it yeah but given up you know with 10 that, games with, I don't hate it yeah with that thing think about all the depth now we have across the field now you have F date you know you have Frankie you have Pedri you yeah. have Gabby you have Gundogan you have you know so to me you're never going to have a perfect 11 you know, you're just never not now. And and having that with Dest, I think, is okay. So that's that's how I just take it that we, way. We so. we we were in absolute catastrophe states carrying Griezmann, who is a significantly better player than Jao Felix. And that didn't work. Why would we bring a worse version of that type of player in and hope it works? I, I sincerely hope. I sincerely hope the club come out and just say that's not happening as quick I as we really can. We can move. We can move on because of all the rumours in and out. The biggest one that gives me the fear, the, the two that give me the fear, is Christensen going for what looks like peanuts. I don't think it'll happen, but you know it's not a lot of money that's being banded about if he was to go and Felix, Joe Felix coming in. I just don't want either of them to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would have been more excited maybe two years ago just seeing. The potential before yeah, he was before he failed this. for two years before he failed yeah. exactly that, that's no seriously i mean that's the thing and the thing is i don't like when a player you know i'm not the biggest simeone i'm a very i'm very critical about simeone and the way he does mm. things and handles player but at the same time you have to be a professional you have to figure things out and do what your coach is telling you to get the playing time as opposed to just going to chelsea and then when he went to chelsea he made it seem that it was all simeone and he didn't do shit at Chelsea, you know? No. And I know Chelsea yeah. didn't have the greatest season last season, but if you want to be a quote-unquote superstar player, let's see that talent rise when you're getting all the playing time, you know? And so 100%. that to me, I would rather bet on Ansu Fati this season than bringing in Jao Felix. That's how I feel. 100%. 100%. 100%. But yeah, that, that fear will keep me up for the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, because I just saw Troy uh, text that in our WhatsApp group that he said it's getting steam and I, you know. <laughs> it's not, it's not it, good, man. I know, and it's coming from Fabrizio too. So it's not just uh, some random uh, yeah. account either. Uh, before we finish the episode, do you have any other lasting uh, player transfer news? I mean, obviously, we, uh, I'm sure you saw the presentation of Messi over the weekend. Mm. Uh, I'm still weirded out by this because I'm, oh man, I just, America just does not appreciate football at all. And it really irks me to no end. You know, uh, again, I'm going to bring up my favorite platform, TikTok. You know, they, 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 this guy, the sports guy goes up around Miami and he said, would you pay $200 to see Messi? And he, he asked this question to 25 people and only three said yes. You know, and the I rest mean, of that's a lot of money, though, mate. In no, fairness, no, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. But okay, also, this sorry. is, you know, you're this is the thing is that you're seeing the greatest, you know, we were able to see him here, you know, and we didn't have mm -hmm. to pay that much to see him. Obviously, it's a different mm -hmm. animal, obviously, skewing higher with economics and stuff like that in the States that it's it's easier to get that ticket. But I'm just saying, you know, he went to a sporting area. You know, and people were just like, no, no, no. And then the people were like, who's Lionel Messi? Lionel. 
I was like, it's not Lionel Richie. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but I'm sure you saw the presentation, uh, obviously with Busquets speaking a little English, made me proud. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. did very well. I wish Messi would have spoke English too, but he didn't really. Um, and then obviously you just saw the news that Alba is most likely joining Miami. I don't know how Mm -hmm. they're doing this. They're basically bringing the band back together. Cause I, another rumor that's getting traction right now is Suarez (laughs) going to Miami too. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And they're still going to rip it up. They're still going to rip it up at MLS. Danny Alves goes if, if he gets parole. Oh, man. If he's on yeah. bail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Iniesta. I shouldn't make fun of that. I, I'm not making light of that, by the way. That was a really I know, bad. I, I, you know, Iniesta could show up there, too. Just play one season over there. I mean, why not? You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the MLS has improved, but still, they don't know how to play defense. And I'm sure, you know, Busquets and Messi, I mean, you saw the the hype today with the first practice of Messi. It's just yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, he his first, you know, again, his first touch is never going to leave him. And the way he just, and I was just like, oh my god! It's like, yeah, that is what a god looks like when he dribbles. Any 100%. other players uh, transfers? You, you brought up the Bellingham thing. I thought, uh, man, that's, that's a great, goes, that's a that's yeah, a great, that's correct. a great move. I think my 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 Real Madrid theory is that Bellingham becomes statue worthy and Goulet fails because that already smells oh. like he's going to regret his choice of people around. I just feel like he's he's walked himself into a scenario that's going to be very difficult to live up to. If you look at the hype around him, his entourage, it sounds like there's a million and one people getting a cut of the deal. Those yeah, rarely yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. I feel for the lad, but those rarely end well. It sounds like he's bankrolling a series of people that are just living off him like leeches. So I think I think Madrid, are, Madrid also... Um, bit weird that they're signing with a manager who simultaneously is there and isn't there. It's like Schrodinger's yeah, manager. Yeah. Um, but no, I think signings that stand out to me, um, non, non massively. I think Villarreal are shipping bodies left, right and center, which isn't nice to yeah. see. Cause I always quite like to see them do them do. Okay. Um, I think that the, the lack of activity is probably what I'm finding interesting other than people going to Saudi and America. Yeah, I think football's having a bit of a reset of itself. I mean, if you look sure. at the money that we're spending, is any have any of the fees that have been paid this summer kind of gone eye watering? Other than Bellingham, which I think you can, you know, other than the the generic concept of no human is worth that, then you know, it's even that's not as bad as it could have been. Um, sure. So I think it's it's more it's more inactivity. I would say it's been a really quiet window so far. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 quite interesting because, you know, especially compared to the last two, three seasons, you know, it's just been so chaotic with so many rumors and transfers. Everything's always been lit. I don't know if it's this idea that everyone's on vacation and maybe we come back in August and address mm-hmm. all, the, all the rumors and transfers, but we'll we'll see. Uh, last thing I just want to note is the Women's World Cup is starting on mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, which I'm pretty excited for because – you know, I love a World Cup, doesn't matter what. And I don't know if you've seen some of the commercials uh, that these companies have made for the World Cup that have just been off the chart, man. <laughs> like, for example, Nike, uh, what they've been doing with their athletes for the World Cup, they basically uh, they basically highlighted each player in a commercial, and then they made one huge commercial to connect them all, which mm. is really cool. And then the French women's national team did an amazing job on their commercial where – they basically uh, transposed all the men's faces and bodies on women's playing. 
And so they were showing okay. highlights of the game, right? So there were all these cool plays of like, you know, 1v1 plays, crossing goals and so forth. And all of a sudden the video stops and then you see the Photoshop getting taken off. And it was the women and it rewinds back and it's all the women's playing. It's like, if you love football, support the blues. And it's just, it was oh, just awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, England is doing a bang up job of, of getting support for their <sighs> women. I know, I know. I'm going to say something that hurts okay, me. Okay, go on. Go on. It hurts me so much. I hope England win. I've never Ooh. said that. I have Whoa. never said that in my life about anything. If, if England <laughs> were playing in tiddlywinks tomorrow, I would want them to lose <laughs> embarrassingly. But when England won the Euros, England women won the Euros, it did something in this country that I've never seen before and that it galvanized people with a sense of patriotism that wasn't based on inferiority of other people. Now, that's a bit grandiose, right? And I hope you know what I mean by that. It wasn't yeah, a case yeah. of, ah, your shit. It was, it was very much about, isn't this amazing what we're doing? Let's get behind. And, and people were... People were proud to be English without that straining a kind of quasi xenophobia, which normally yeah, happens yeah. with English English sporting fans. And it was genuinely amazing to see. And the rates of young girls playing football has gone through the roof. People are now taking it seriously. All over Europe. And, I mean, we're talking decades too late. Maybe, maybe, maybe centuries, but we're certainly decades too late. And I just think if they can replicate that, then at least some good would come out of England winning something. Um, but and, and, I sure, and I'm sure for every other country playing playing in this, with the exception of maybe Spain, because that's obviously seen very differently. Um, yeah. I, I just I, I wouldn't mind seeing it because I think if it's done right, this could be the tournament that puts women's football where it needs to be, which is for fairly sure. and squarely next to the men's game. Like, what well, it's the only sport that we seem to judge women based on on criteria that isn't their own. It's very weird, very weird. And how nervous men are about, you know, demasculating themselves. If that's even a word, um, you know, in saying that they like women's football, no one looks at Serena Williams and says, yeah, but you can't serve as fast as, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no one's having that chat. Why are we doing football? So yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm getting a bit so no, right, here, right. but I hope it's amazing. And I, and I, for what, maybe that hopefully the only time ever, I hope England actually do really well. <laughs> No, but it's a good point because it just feels a little bit more pure and innocent in the sporting sense, right? It doesn't feel, like you said, um, maybe, I think that's why people gravitate to the women's game so much. And that's another reason why I love watching the feminine because it just feels untouched, you know, from, I don't know, the commercialization of football, the high contracts. You know, when mm -hmm. I watch the feminine, I still have this feeling of watching football at its purest form in a sense you know yeah. and i and it's it's a weird thing to say but uh but yeah but i i'm really excited for the world cup just because you know i love a great um a great summer tournament and it's going to be awesome it's you know all these teams are going to be really competitive i don't think spain is going to do anything because the coach is still there and he's a hack um i think I definitely the four the favorites are definitely going to be for me like england sweden uh france um u.s but the U.S., unfortunately, I think the rest of the, the world has caught up now. And yep. where the U.S. has always relied on their athleticism, all these teams are athletic now. And now they have skill where the U.S. Yeah. women are kind of lacking that a little bit. So uh, yeah, but yeah. It'll, be, it'll be fun to definitely track for sure. Uh, you see, um, there's going to be the first the first player to play at a major tournament in hijab, which I think is really interesting. Oh, um, that's it's these groundbreaking moments that yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. we need. You know, it, it's Arthur Ashe women at, winning at Wimbledon. It's 
you know, it's Tiger winning. It's it. I just think, you know, this, yeah, it's got the potential to be bigger than football. And how often can we say that really? Yeah. And I, and I think it's really cool. And this is one of the things I really hope that FIFA puts it on full presentation, you know, that it's mm. accessible, uh, that they really do a really bang up job of marketing all this, because this, these are the opportunities you have to really showcase, you know, especially with no men's world cup, this is the time to really showcase the sport in, in a way. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they do that. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it. I think we, as we always do, we always love talking sports, <laughs> Barca and everything above and beyond. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining me. We'll talk soon. An absolute pleasure. Podcast Network.